Well, thanks for being back again with us for another Wednesday night. You know, I'm probably as excited as everybody else to know that um, we have this week and next week, but um, on the 24th we'll be back together, and I am really looking forward to, uh, we'll actually wrap up this Church Matters series um, coming back and considering what it means to gather together for worship. So uh, hopefully you have that marked out on your calendar. But for the next two weeks, we're going to continue to make our way through the Church Matters uh, series. And tonight we're talking about church membership. So hopefully you have your copy of God's Word there with you. You can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to consider together this evening uh, the importance and value of uh, church membership. And those are actually going to be uh, words that we use as we uh, talk about uh, church membership. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're actually going to look at verses 12 through 26 together this evening. Uh, but for the sake of our reading at the beginning, we're just going to uh, observe the first uh, few verses. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to read 12, uh, 13, and 14, verses 12 through 14. So let's go ahead and read uh, God's word together. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many. This is God's word to his people, and we're so thankful that he's preserved it for us. Let's go ahead and pray together this evening. Father, we come to you tonight. Uh, we know that these weeks have been interesting, to say the least. Um, they have uh, forced us uh, to think, hopefully, more carefully about what it means to actually be able to gather. We pray that in the moments to come, we would be encouraged and think uh, long and hard about what it means uh, to be a church member and why that ultimately uh, matters. So, Father, uh, be with us as we uh, make our way through our text this evening. May we be encouraged and strengthened by it. It's in your Son's name we pray. Amen. You know, we really live in a value-based society. Um, when we talk about uh, belonging to certain things or talking about what it means to be a, a member of something, our culture and society really dictates for us that we should want to belong. And a lot of times that belonging is not intrinsically linked or inherently linked uh, to any benefit that we give as a result of being a, a member or belonging to an organization. We t think more in terms of transaction. What do I get out of being a member? Think about all the different things that you can be a member of. You can be a, a member in uh, movie theaters. I mean, you think about uh, some of the the passes and, and different promotions that were uh, based on you being a, a member or a part of this. You can think of uh, what does it look like to be a member of a gym or some sort of social group. Uh, you can even be a member of something at, like um, a Fruit of the Month Club, although I don't know many people uh, under the age of a certain age, we won't say that because it's going on the internet, that are a part of the Fruit of the Month Club. You can even be a part of a Pencil of the Month Club. I bet you probably are not surprised that I know that. But you can be a, a member in different clubs that and, and different organizations that inherently are designed to you pay a, a certain amount of money and you get something. But really, that's the extent of the membership. There's no uh, give, and for, give and take. The, the 
The Pencil of the Month Club is not calling me to get my input on what next month's pencil should be. I'm not actually a member of that. Uh, no one's looking for our input or we're not really involved in, in driving the, the course of the conversation there. And so what ends up happening is when we start to talk about membership, when we start talking about belonging to something, we immediately begin to think about what do I get as a result of being a member in this organization? The unfortunate part about that is you get to the church and you start talking about church membership and people begin to think about what they get, the benefit that they have, what comes as a result of me being a member here. What do I get for being a member? And so tonight when we talk about church membership, we're going to look at it from three different angles, three different lenses, if you will, that will help us to, th to think about what it means to be a church member. But I do want to say at the outset that in the New Testament, there is it is an absolutely foreign concept to be a church member uh, or to be a Christian and to not be a church member. That is foreign to the New Testament. And, and we know this because Peter uses language, Luke uses language, uh, Paul uses language to communicate this. We think of Luke writing in the book of Acts, think of uh, the sermon, uh, the Pentecost uh, sermon that takes place. Peter preaches this sermon, 3,000 people are saved. And what does the text say? 3,000 people were also added to the church. So they kept roles. They knew who was involved, who was proclaiming to be a member. And this continues as Paul writes to individual churches. So we're going to see first and foremost this idea of unity. This will be the first kind of lens or point that we'll look at. Look back at verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. There is inherently in our conversation about church membership, a unity that must be around the person and work of Jesus Christ. We talked about this last week, but it's important for us to um, unpack that as we talk about church membership, because a lot of times we begin to think in terms of this member here or that member there or this member over here, but functionally all of the members in a body, a, a, a church body, are united around Christ. Look at verse 13. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. So this idea that Paul is bringing out here is, yes, there are many members in, in a church body. Yes, there are many members in a, a church, but that does not mean that they're all doing and chasing a hundred different things at the same time. They actually functionally find their unity around Christ. And it's important when you think about yourself as a church member that yes, you are uniting with a local church, but you're also uniting with a, the body of Christ to make Christ the functional and, and important starting point. It's also important because we tend to, as humans, uh, begin to make church about everything other than Christ. Um, we begin to believe that our church membership uh, allows us to complain when things don't go the way that we want them to go. And again, we find ourselves being pulled into that transactional mindset. The church exists for me. The church exists uh, to make much of me or to fulfill my spiritual needs or my spiritual wants. And what happens when that takes place is we begin to focus more on ourselves 
than what actually unites us together. In fact, we tend to, when we shift our mindset and focus away, away in this direction, what we tend to do is we tend to focus on what divides us rather than what unites us. And so then our preferences become the thing that's driving us to church. Our preferences become the thing that we want to, to be uh, what makes church all about us. And in reality, preferences are not a bad thing. Remember, I'm going to quote Tim Keller here again. Good things become bad things when good things become God things. When we start to make church about the style of worship, the 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 way that we dress or a number of different preferences that we might have our danger is that we begin to pull our eyes of a christ and the church must be united around christ if they're going to ever be successful so there is an inherent unity that comes with church membership so just pause and ask you this are you united with other people around the person and work of Jesus Christ. When you come to church, are you excited to hear about the work that Christ has been doing in the lives of the people around you, the the growth that's been taking place spiritually, or are you intrigued or going to be upset because something isn't done the way you want it to be done? It's a very subtle thing that can happen in our lives if we're not careful where church suddenly becomes all about our likes and dislikes. Now, I want to preface that, or I want to come back, I guess, not preface it. I want to come back and just add this corrective to it. It's not inherently wrong to choose a church because you enjoy certain things about it. But when those things become the main things is when Christians get into trouble. So it's not wrong to to desire that... um, Maybe they sing a certain way. It's not wrong to enjoy things that you like about your church. But when those things that you enjoy trump what Christ, or where Christ should be, not what Christ should be, but where Christ should be and who Christ is, then we've got a problem and we begin to be uh, losing our unity. So First, we see uh, the importance of church membership and the unity that we have together. And then secondly, I want to talk about the contribution that's made by church members. So let's pick up in verse 15. If the foot should say, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? Here's what Paul is driving at. In in this particular section of the letter, what Paul is saying is that you and I each contribute to the life of our local church in a different way. And he uses the illustration of a human body and says, First, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Well, well no. But this is the foolishness of it. The, the hand and the foot and the eye and the ear and the, the nose, all bickering about what part they contribute to, lose their focus on what their actual essential characteristic and quality is necessary for the health and well-being of the body. So just pause right now and think in your mind. 
am I guilty sometimes of looking around and wishing that I had that spiritual gift or this spiritual gift or I got to do this instead of that? And what you fail to see is the contribution that you bring to the table for your local church. I think there are a lot of people who feel like they contribute nothing to the local church because they're constantly focused on what other people are contributing to the life of the local church. Or there are people who don't even value their contribution. So let's just think of it in terms of the body. How great would it be for the body if the foot just decided it was going to take the day off? It doesn't matter that I show up. I don't play that important part, that important of a role. And, and you know, a hand would be greater because it seems to, to get more attention. Well, we would say, that's foolish. You can't move without your feet. Think about how you contribute to the life of your local church. Think about what it means for you to be involved in it. Think about what the value that comes from you being with the body gathered on a Lord's Day is. You may think, I play no part. I am not there is nothing that I contribute. Well, that's just inherently false. We know that each and every part of the body works together to accomplish a goal. Just like in the life of a local church, you play an important part by what you contribute to it. But you know, half the battle in contributing to the life of a local church is showing up. I don't like to talk about that. I like to think about being involved and invested in the life of a local church in terms of what's convenient for us. But in reality, we contribute. And when we don't show up to church, we don't contribute. That may be uncomfortable. You may want to do what you want to do. And, you know, I'll come to church when it's convenient for me. Well, we have to pause and say, that's not how a body operates collectively. Look at these verses again. Verse 16, And if the ear should say, Because I am not a, an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? No, it's still part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? This is what Paul is driving at. If we all do the same job, where are the other parts? Think about it in the life of the local churches. If everybody's preaching, who's being ministered to by the preaching. And if everybody's preaching, who's watching the children? And if everybody's singing up on stage, and you see how this devolves very quickly? Our church, just like any other church, is a well-organized a group of volunteers, lay people, and paid staff members who come together to facilitate the worship of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're united around the message and the hope of the gospel and encouraging each other from the word. But if we're not here, we're not contributing. It's a difficult pill to swallow in a world that will increasingly tell you that you don't have to be committed to anything. Come at your own commitment level. That's a dangerous thing. You know, I'm involved in a self-paced course right now. Um, and it is really easy to not do the work that is required of it because there's no pressure. There's no deadlines. There's no uh, assignments that must be turned in by a certain date until the very end of the course. And so it's easy to not participate 
because it's not really pressing and necessary right now. This is what I'm fearful of. A lot of people are not involved in the life of the local church until it's absolutely essential to them. And then all of a sudden, it must be essential to everybody else that they're here and involved. That's not how the body of Christ works. We're here to support, encourage, lift one another up, and work together to minister collectively to each other. So let's just make it really practical for a moment. When you're not here for a small group, obviously we're going to be regathering at some point in the future. When you're not here for your small group, you rob the people of your opportunity to serve them and for them to serve you. The conversations that will happen in the lobby, the the preaching where you'll be encouraged, hopefully, and the music where you'll be encouraged, and you can speak and encourage someone else in their life, and collectively we lift our voices and we lift our ears, if you will, to hear the preaching of the word. Collectively, as a group, we're contributing together to everyone's spiritual well-being. And I think a lot of us are looking around the room going, I don't seem to contribute that much. But when our eyes are not focused on what God has called us to do, it's easy to begin to believe that what we do doesn't matter. And when we get our eyes off of Christ, it's easy to begin to grumble and complain and to suggest that I'm not really that important to the life of the local church. And that can even happen to pastors. So I want to pause and and just ask us this question this evening. Do you understand the important part that you play in the life of a local church? Every member matters from the pastor to anybody else. And really, pastors are church members too. We benefit from your encouragement. We benefit from you being involved in our lives, just as you hopefully benefit from us being involved in your lives. It's a together movement, not separate. So do you understand and value the important contribution that you're making to the life of a local church? And you also understand, I'll just ask, pause, I want to make sure you, you, you catch this. Do you understand that when you don't contribute, when you're not involved, you can be hampering the spiritual growth of other people? Because you could be contributing to their life in a way that they are not even thinking of. So we see first and foremost, there's a unity component. Then secondly, there is the the contribution that is played in the life of other believers. And then finally, the value of the members. Let's look at the value of the members. Verse number 20 says this, But now indeed there are many members yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on those we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. We're, We're told here that there's an inherent value 
that is placed on every member. Look at verse 20 again. But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And then catch this key phrase and verse that Paul writes. He says, verse 22, No much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. There's no church member that is less valuable than another church member. There is no reason for us, and this is what James is going to write about in James chapter 2. We need to be very careful that we don't give the perception that this member has a different status, or they're more influential, or they matter more. Preference has no place in the kingdom of God and in the body of Christ. We need to be very careful because we can begin to say, well, that person is an influential member or that person plays a much bigger role. No, God's word says that every member plays a vital and necessary part in the life of the local church. And even the ones that we would deem to be weaker are necessary for the health and the well-being of the life of the local church. And we've got to be very careful because we live in a VIP culture. We want to look around and say, that person is more important, that person is more important, i got to be with them, i got to be seen with them. They're somebody. In the life of the local church, everybody is somebody because they've been made new by the blood of Christ. Remember, we've fenced church membership. We say church membership is only for those people who have confessed Christ as Lord and have followed him in believer's baptism. That is the entry point into the life of the local church. Not money, not status, not popularity, and not influence. We don't let people into the church because of what they can benefit for the church because what it means to be a member of a church is I'm not somebody. I recognize that I was unable to save myself. I recognize that I need Christ. I recognize that I have no hope apart from him. And I have humbled myself. And I have trusted in Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Beloved, it's very easy, even in our college ministry, for us to value certain people more than others. To say, this person is deserving of this because of the position that they hold. And the Bible says that's not true. So I would bring all of this to a close tonight. This idea of value by asking, do you place a value on other people higher than someone else? Is this person more important to you? Do you not have time for certain people when you come to church because you've got to be seen with certain... That's placing undue value and worth on other members and saying, you are more worthy of my time than someone else. We need to be very careful. I think a lot of us may be tempted to do this unintentionally. So we need to guard how we think and how we operate and value church members each other, love each other, 
care deeply for one another, but not in a way that values one person more than the other. You know, church membership is an important part of what it means to be a Christ follower. And if we're not careful, we can relegate it to every other type of membership that we've experienced in life. And I want to just pause as we conclude our time together this evening and ask you this question. Are you guilty of relegating your church membership to being the same thing as being a part of a gym or a club? Or do you look at your church membership as an opportunity to serve other people, an opportunity to make much of Jesus in the life of the local church?